Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. At the White Throne Judgment, when they are sent to the lake of fire, that is the second death for those who have rejected Christ. And it's eternal. It never ends. Forever and ever. In the Greek, it means forever and ever. Yet you and I will have resurrected bodies, and we will experience the new heavens and the new earth. This current one will dissolve. everyone, and welcome to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Truth in Christ Radio with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Today our scripture says, a new heaven and a new earth. The idea of a new earth with a new atmosphere and sky is a familiar theme in the scriptures. Many of the prophets, both Old and New Testaments, spoke of this new heaven and new earth. 2 Peter 3.13 says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Lord, we thank you for your promises and look forward to this new heaven and new earth. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. But let's open our Bibles now to Revelation chapter 21. And the title of this morning's message is All Things Made New. And I wanted to start off with a little graphic here because, um, you know, we've been in Revelation and, and I'm hoping to get through at least the first eight verses today. If we get through the whole chapter, I'll be very surprised. But I definitely would like to get through at least the first eight verses. But this is a, uh, an interesting book. We, we've been in the book of Revelation for a year, a little more than a year now on Sunday mornings. And I don't apologize for that because this book is so important in the times that we live in today. We're already seeing things line up the way the Bible tells us. It's no surprise the way things are happening in the world right now. It's taken us by surprise. We don't like it. Nobody likes it. But things are just going along as as scheduled, as God sees it. Remember, he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He can see everything as if it's already been completed. Do you understand that that's who he is? You and I don't even know what's going to happen ten minutes from now. The electricity could go off, and I hope it doesn't. But we have no idea. But God knows all things. He knows all things. I would encourage you to read Psalm 139. It talks about God's omniscience, the fact that he knows all things. He can't learn anything because he knows everything. Try to play chess with God. I challenge all those Russian guys to, to, to try and, and, and play chess with God. You'll start the game and he'll just say, checkmate. 
Oh, I haven't moved a piece. Well, go ahead. You'll find out you're going to be checkmated. See, God knows, and he's all-powerful. There is nothing outside of his realm that he doesn't have control over. In fact, doesn't the Bible say in Romans 13 that all the powers that be are ordered or ordained by God? All the power that's been given to rulers and everybody in the earth has been on loan, and they are, they are responsible and culpable for the power that they wield. See, that's who God is. Do you serve a God that's small, or do you have a God that's beyond comprehension? Well, if you're reading your Bible and you know Jesus Christ, you know that he is way beyond comprehension. He dwells in unapproachable light, and only, only when he's veiled, or only when he's unveiled and, and, and brought into human flesh and tabernacled among us as he was in the very beginning through Mary, God Almighty was tabernacled with flesh to dwell among us, to pay the price for our sin, and then die on the cross, the punishment that you and I deserve. And then he arose, he ascended into heaven, and he said in John 14, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you might also be. And so this morning, as we look at the passage that we're looking at, um, that we're going to be looking at, Jesus has prepared a place. He has prepared a place, and maybe even preparing a place. I don't know how much time he needs. I don't imagine much. But he knows each one of you. And we're going to see that today, that he's prepared a place for you, that when he comes back, he's going to receive us, and we're going to be with him forevermore at the rapture of the church. I wanted to show you this graphic up on the board because, or up on the screen, because this is really just like a, a, a timeline, an end time calendar, if you will. And if you notice that we're right here, um, Jesus was crucified. We know that three days later he was crucified, or resurrected, I'm sorry. And obviously this uh, is not to scale <laughs> uh, these days and times. This is just a timeline. But then we have this church age, which is on the day of Pentecost is when the church was born. And ever since then, up until right now, we are over here near the end. We are over here near the end of the church age. And the church age ends when Jesus comes in the clouds. And he says in, in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13 through 8, and you can look in 1 Corinthians 15 as well, he comes and he, he, the, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. We're going to hear the trump of God. It's going to be a sound. It's going to be a moment that only the church knows. It's going to be invisible to everybody else. They're not going to understand what's happening. They're not even going to know anything's happened until it happens. And then they're going to realize, oh my goodness, something has happened that's never happened before. All believers taken. All those who are dead in Christ and the church are going to rise first. And then we, which are alive and remain, will be caught up together. And this old corruptible body will put on incorruption. This mortality will put on immortality. And we will ascend to God just in the same body that Jesus rose from. We are going to have a similar body and we're going to be with him forever. And he says, I've gone to prepare a place. I got a place for you. I know exactly what you want in your, in your, in your house. And believe me, as we look at the dimensions, probably not today, but next week, as we look at the dimensions of how big this new Jerusalem is, believe me, there is going to be a way more than enough room for all of redeemed mankind. You're going to have a big, big place to be in. And it's going to be probably custom-tailored just for you. It's not going to be a place of crying, of a fear, of, of compromise, of sin. All that is going to be passed away. 
And I don't know about you, as we have looked at Revelation, we've gone through the tribulation period. And by the way, let me just get back to this here, this this diagram. Because after the rapture of the church occurs, we know that there may be a a time period. We don't know, but ultimately, there's going to be a tribulation period of seven years where God is going to pour pour out his wrath on on a world that has rejected his son, Jesus Christ. The church will not be there. The church will be up above in heaven. We will be in heaven, but those who have rejected Christ and have not received him as Lord and Savior, are going to go through this tribulation period. They will have an opportunity to receive Christ, but the deception is going to be so great, it's going to be near impossible. Not impossible, but it's going to be extremely difficult. You and I have never experienced the kind of deception that's coming upon the world. It's already there, but it's going to get a whole lot worse. So much so that you're not going to know what end is up. If you're not a born-again believer in Christ, and if that scares you, I don't mean to scare you. Actually, I do. Somebody told me that if I didn't turn from my sin, that I was going to go to hell. And that may sound like a really horrible thing, and it is. Do you know that God doesn't delight in the death of the wicked? It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do Do you know that? That's his heart. He doesn't desire anybody go through that tribulation period. But because man is who he is, he's stubborn to the core, he's rebellious to the core, he's got the sin nature, and only the Spirit of God can give you a new nature, suppressing that old nature that you were born with. That's why the Bible says you must be born again. Didn't Jesus say that to Nicodemus? Nicodemus, you're a very religious man, you're a Pharisee, you're a religious leader in Israel, but you you, you don't have the most important thing, you don't have the Spirit of God in you. You're going through all the motions. You got, you, you got everything going for you, but you don't have the one thing. You don't have me. And that's why Jesus said to him, you must be born again. And I would encourage you this morning, you must be born again. If you're not born again, you must be born again. It's not some kind of cult. It's not some kind of crazy thing. It's the truth. It says it right there in John 3. Read the chapter when you go home. If you've never read it before, read it. It's, Jesus said, you must be born again, and no one can come unto the Father except through me, Jesus said. And you can't even see the kingdom of God. You can't even comprehend the kingdom of God unless you are born again. Unless you have invited Christ into your heart, the Spirit of God comes inside of you, and he never leaves. He never leaves. Even though you're going to be imperfect, you're still going to make mistakes. He's not an Indian giver. He doesn't give something and then take it back from you. No, because God knows that when you give your heart to him, when you say, God, I have sinned, I'm an unholy man, please forgive me and come into my heart and come into my life and consume me. Will you do that? Have you done that? You need to do that. And you keep asking until you have confirmation in your own heart that you are a child of God and there is nothing and no one that can take that out of your hand. It is secure as... More secure than anything. Because God knows what he's doing, and he is the one who's doing it. And so, this tribulation period goes on for seven years. And last uh, week, or the week before last, we looked at the second coming of Christ in Revelation chapter 19. And we saw that he came physically to the earth. And then he sets up his thousand-year reign, and we looked at the millennium. We looked at this thousand-year reign of Christ, and the Bible says that you and I are going to rule and reign with him. We're going to rule and reign with him in new bodies. We're going to get a new body. Are you looking forward to that upgrade that you don't have to pay Microsoft for? 
that you don't have to pay Apple for. I'm looking forward to that upgrade. Looking forward to it. Nothing more than I want because I need a body that's outfitted for eternity. I need a body like Jesus' body when he ascended into heaven. That'll withstand eternity. It'll never get sick. You'll never have to get a flu shot. You'll never have to go get a COVID-19 shot. You won't have to get a bypass. You won't lose your mind when you're 85. You won't have Alzheimer's. You won't have a stroke. You won't think evil thoughts. It'll be a great blessing. And then we also looked at last week this great white throne judgment at the end of the thousand year reign of Christ. It says that the false prophet and the Antichrist, who is also known as the beast, they are cast into the lake of fire. And then there's a great white throne judgment, a judgment that hopefully nobody in here will ever see. And if you're a believer, you will never see this great white throne judgment. Only unbelievers will be present at this great white throne judgment. It'll be a judgment that will show you all the things that you've done. The Bible says in Revelation 20 that the books were open, and then the book, the book of life. All your deeds that you have done. Can you imagine the horror of that? Living a life of hell, living a a life of disobedience and rebellion and doing it your way. And then finally dying. And then going to hell and then then being resurrected. Because you're going to be resurrected even as an unbeliever at that white throne judgment. Because you too will be outfitted with a body that's going to withstand the lake of fire, the second death. For eternity, where where the devil will be and the false prophet and the antichrist. You need a body too. If you're one of those people. But anyone at this white throne judgment, there is no hope for them. And believe me, that is not God's fault. That is our fault if we are in that situation, in that place. Hopefully none of you. But that will be our fault. God doesn't send anyone to the lake of fire. He doesn't send anyone there. You make the decision. You're the one who sends you there by your choices that you make in your life. Remember when the Lord spoke to Moses, and it's recorded for us in the book of Deuteronomy, he told the children of Israel, before they crossed over into the promised land, what did he tell them? He says, I've set before you life and death, therefore choose life. Choose life. God is pro-life. He is not pro-choice. You have a right to decide, but he wants you to live. He wants you to live. And so, at that white throne judgment, all who have lived a life rejecting God, their deeds are brought before them. And God will be able to show uh, even a sea of humanity resurrected. He will be able to show them, probably in an instant, every one of them will know in an instant exactly what they've done. And there will be no hope for them. Can you imagine the horror of that? You're standing before Almighty God and you know that there's no hope for you. But because God is the just God, He is just and holy, He must show you. Why are you going to this place? Why do I have to? Why have you chosen this place? Here is why you're going there. Here's why you've chosen to go to the lake of fire. Because look at these books that we have. And you're going to look at them and you're going to go, oh my gosh. 
I can't believe, I mean, there's a whole record, dates, down to the time, the milliseconds, it's all right here. I'm going to be able to understand, and, 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 they'll, and, and I'll just be able to, there'll be no, nothing I can say. And then they will be cast into the lake of fire. But the Bible says, and we're looking at this today, is that there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. This is the eternal state for the believer. The eternal state for the unbeliever is this place down here after the second resurrection at the white throne judgment when they are sent to the lake of fire. That is the second death for those who have rejected Christ. And it's eternal. It never ends forever and ever. In the Greek, it means forever and ever. Yet you and I will have resurrected bodies and we will experience the new heavens and the new earth. This current one will dissolve or be remade. I'm not sure what what that exactly means. But when we get there, it won't really matter, will it? (laughs) God is going to make a new heavens and a new earth and we will dwell there. And he's going to bring new Jerusalem down, which we'll probably look at next week. We'll look at some of it today. And so that is really an outline of from the moment Christ was uh, crucified on the on the cross until the eternal state for the unbeliever and for the believer. I put it in green because green is evergreen, right? You're going to be alive forever. Why would anybody choose to reject Jesus? Have you rejected Jesus? Have you been content in living your own life, doing your own thing? Thinking to yourself, oh, one day when, I, when I'm done with my job and I retire to Florida and I play golf and I get my little boat and I go out and I fish for, you know, tarpon. I'll give my heart then, you know, when I got more time. You don't have time. You don't have time. Hasn't history proven that you have no time? I've known people. They're with us today. And moments later, they're not with us any longer. There was a car accident. There was a brain aneurysm. There was a something, an accident. Life is fleeting, folks, and we have to make that decision. We make the decision today. Don't delay. Do not delay. I plead with you. Do not delay. And for us who know Jesus and have known him, I want to encourage you to get in. Get into it. Your relationship with him. Get serious about your relationship with him. Get serious about the things that you do. Get serious about the things that you say. Time is shorter than it's ever been. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming I want to be ready. Do you want to be ready? Be ready. Because he wants you to be ready. His love for you is so intense. It's so great. I know it's a cliche, but when Jesus hung on that cross, he said his love for you is that much. It's huge. As he hung on the cross... Do you know the east and the west, they never meet? If you go east, you're always going east. He said, that's how big my love is for you. It never ends. It's not true with north and south. 
I go north, I keep going, I go south, and then I come up south, and I come back north again. But east and west never meet. That's why he says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions from you. They'll never, you'll never see them again. He says he casts them into the sea of forgetfulness. There's a sea that he, throw, he chooses because you're a believer in Christ. He sees the blood on your life and he says, all that you've ever done is cast into the sea. It's behind my shoulder. I'll never look upon it again. And the devil wants to bring it up out of the ocean and go, look what he did, look what he did. And the, and the Lord's going, oh, what, what are you talking about? I don't see anything but the blood of my son. Let's reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make you as white as snow. It's kind of a paradox, really, because blood is the hardest thing to get out of clothing. But when you're covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, you're as white as snow. And your salvation is paid, and it's sure. You can have an assurance. Do you have an assurance of salvation? Do you know where you're going? Or is it the great I hope so? See, people who are involved in religion, when it requires something that they have to do, see, that's what religion is. And I'm way off topic here, but I'm going for it. Um, people who are involved in religion say, the religion says, you have to do this, and you have to do that, and you have to do that. And then God can bless you. Then he will love you. Then you can go to heaven. But you've got to do all this stuff. And God is saying, no, I've already done it. Did I say, didn't he say while he was on the cross, it is finished? The very last words that he said, he said, to tell us day I, which means it is paid in full. What is paid in full? The sin of man, of all of mankind has been paid in full. It's done. That's why he said it's done. It's finished. That is the work. You believe on him. That's the work. If you, if you really are hung up on works and doing something to earn your salvation, do this one thing. Believe on him whom God has sent. Jesus Christ. It's a big mystery. It's a biggest secret. He's done it all for you. So stop trying to work it out. Stop trying to make it happen. Just let him do it. To me, one of the greatest thrills of my life is realizing that I can't, I can't muster this up in myself. I've got to let him do it. And there's such a wonderful freedom and a joy and a release when you just finally just say, you know what, Lord, I just want to spend time with you and read his word and worship him and love him and be in fellowship with others. And he does all the work for you. He does all the work in you. All you got to do is show up and love him. It's really kind of crazy. It goes against everything we believe in America. In America, you got you to work hard. You got to work for every single thing you get. And if you work hard, you're going to be successful. Thank God for America. May God restore it. May God restore her. But the Lord loves you, and he's going to make all things new. Let's look at the very, let's read through actually the first eight verses, because I'm sure that's as far as we're going to get today. Notice John says, now this is after the great white throne judgment, after death and hell and everything else, the Satan and all those who have rejected Christ for all of eternity are going to be cast into the lake of fire. And nobody likes to talk about that, but that's the truth, folks. And sometimes the truth hurts. I would rather tell you the truth than to lie to you and say, oh, it's just going to be all pie in the sky. You can just, you know, continue in your adultery, continue in your fornication. It's okay. God loves you anyway. He does love you, but he will not receive you unless you repent of your sin. Notice verse 1. John says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be... I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.